Welcome to the Vision Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and everything happening at Vision, visit us online at visionnwa.com. Hey, would you turn in your Bibles with me today to the book of John, John chapter 17. And I want to read a scripture to you. You know, months ago, we have a thing that we do on Monday nights. It's called Soak. And at Soak, we, everybody comes over to our house, and Zach puts on worship music for about an hour and a half. And, man, we just get down on our face before God. And it's not a time where we come and we bring our laundry list of things that we wish God would do in our heart, but it's a time that we can come just before him and draw close to him. The book of James says if we draw close to him, he'll draw close to us. And so, you know, we use this time to draw close. And so months ago, I was just on my knees and I was just worshiping and I was drawn near to God and this song came on. And the name of the song is Refiner. How many of you are familiar with that song, Refiner? Dear Lord. And so this song came on. And the chorus says, I want to be tried by fire, purified. And I just, I, 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 I normally sing with all the songs that come on. And I found myself having a difficult time singing with the song. Because you know what that means. I want to be tried by fire. You know what that means? That means that, that God, the Holy Spirit comes and he burns off everything in you that's not in alignment with his word. And it was a sobering moment for me. I was just going, man, God, I want to be tried by fire. That's, that means I die. Yeah. Stuff in me dies. Okay. Now, I, it, this may not be sobering for you, okay? Maybe, maybe, because nobody in here has stuff that you need burned off. But me, I was sitting there going, oh, God, burn it off, man. I don't want anything inhibiting me in my life. I don't want, I don't want wagons with flat wheels of my junk dragging around and trying to make progress in my life. I, I want to be free in Him. And so the reason I'm sharing that story is because that's what I feel like this morning is going to be for us. Woohoo! Yeah! We're going to get tried by fire. How many of you excited about that? So let's read in the book of John. John chapter 17. I want to read to you out of verse 3. It says this, And this is eternal life, that we would know him, the only true God, and Jesus who he sent. So my question this morning is, do you know him? Do you know him? Now let's read another verse. Turn over to Matthew chapter 7. How many of you got your Bible? You're yeah. turning it over to Matthew chapter 7. I miss the old days when you used to be able to hear the pages. Turn Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to read to you out of verse 21. Now we got the iPhone. We just, okay, I'm there. Phil, I've been waiting on you. Okay, verse 21 says this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, now pay attention to this. This is really interesting. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out devils in your name. We did wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. 
Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, this is very interesting because my son will laugh when I say this. Here's a guy that one of our favorite commenters in football always says that. Now, here's a guy. So, but here's a guy who prophesied in Jesus' name. He said, I've prophesied in your name. And he's not only prophesied in his name, he's cast out devils in his name. Woo, come on, casting out devils. And then he said, I, we did signs and wonders in your name. And yet the master said, I never knew you. How does that work? Well, I'm, I'm gonna tie that off, give me a moment. But, but I wanna go here first. In, in August 1st of 1992, I married this lovely woman sitting on the front row, Nicole Krista Johnson, now you all know her middle name, Nicole Johnson. And one of the things that she did that really honored me when we got married was she took my last name. Because how many of you know Johnson is a common name? You know, back in the 80s, people, Nicole does, okay, one person. Back in the 80s, when we had phone books, people would say, hey, Phil, next time I get to town, I'll look you up. How many of you remember long before social media, people say, I'll look you up. No, you won't. Because there's pages of Johnsons. It's their, I mean, it's, a, it's its own section, Johnsons. And so Nicole took my name, and her old name was Bartlett. Her maiden name, not the old name, the, the maiden name, sorry. Maiden name, Bartlett. Bartlett's a pretty cool name. I mean, you know, cool people had the name Bar- Bartlett. Josiah Bartlett, signer of the Declaration of Independence. Her family traced back to, that's her great, 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 uncle, grandfather, somebody, in her family, Josiah Bartlett. So, so she has this name. Well, when she took my name, something magical happened. We began to discover all the, all the Nicole Johnsons out there in the U.S. We started getting phone calls from collection agencies. Hey, is this, is, I need to speak to Nicole Johnson, and I would say, who's calling, please? Well, I'm so-and-so. I'm with a collection agency for Gold's Gym. Gold's Gym. Honey, have you ever gone to Gold's Gym? She said, never. I said, well, so what's going on? Well, she owes Nicole's uh, uh, Gold's Gym $1,300. $1,300? I thought, man, this woman's in shape. Dear God, $1,300. I said, well, I don't think you have the right Nicole Johnson. And so he would confirm her middle name, and no, it's not. Susan or whatever it was. It's Krista. Oh, okay, sorry. I'll keep looking. Okay, well, but we kept getting those phone calls. We even moved to a different state and continued to get these phone calls. Eventually, they figured it out. But here's my point, is we begin to discover there's a bunch of other Nicole Johnsons. There's Nicole Johnson, the CEO. There's Nicole Johnson, the author. She wrote a pretty cool book. What was the name of that book? You read it. Fresh Brewed Life. I remember that. And then we met... Then we found out, wait, wait, wait. Then we found out there's Nicole Johnson, Miss California. Come on, Californians. Miss California. Not to be confused with Nicole Johnson, Miss America, right here on the front row. Come on, baby. But here, but this was the other thing that was interesting to me when I married Nicole is we would travel. You know, when we traveled for five years from state, from, you know, uh, what do you call them? 
coast to coast. I couldn't think of the name coast. We would travel, you know, corner to corner. And inevitably, everywhere we would go, somebody would say, have I met you before? You look so familiar to me. Do I know you? And they would say that inevitably. We would go to the Dominican overseas, and I'm thinking, okay, we won't hear, finally. I know you. But they would come up and start speaking to her in Spanish. And I knew what they were asking. Do I know you? You look familiar to me. And so, so here, here's, here's my point. Here's my point. What is my point? Why did I bring all that up? Let me get back. Okay, is that people, people thought they knew her. That was my point. All that to say, that was my point. But let's play a game. Can we play a game for a moment? How many of you remember when you were a kid and you used, to, you used to pretend? Did you ever pretend as a kid? Okay, good. Some of you pre- did. Some of the rest of you, I don't know what you did for fun, but you made it to older life. And so when I was a kid, I, le- I used to pretend a lot. So, so we're going to do this. We're going to pretend that there is a person, uh, le- just because I'm a guy, I'm a guy we're going to use it, we're going to say he's a guy. You can pretend he's a woman, okay? But let's say that this guy is the ultimate celebrity. I mean, he is the, the, the best basketball player you can think of, that's him. The greatest actor you can think of, that's him. The greatest artist, musician, songwriter, that's him. The greatest director that's out there, that's him. The greatest CEO, business tycoon, that is this guy. And so because this guy is so cool and because he's such an amazing celebrity, he's got to have a really cool name. So let's call him Bob. What do you think? Bob. But here's the thing about Bob. Okay? So you're a Bob fan. You've got Bob trading cards. If I went to your house and walked in your room, you'd have a poster of Bob, the latest movie that he did, right? You'd have the tickets stuck to the bottom of the poster. Why? You're a Bob fan. Bob, I forgot to mention, is an author. And because he's an author, you've bought all of his books. You've read all of them. You can quote quotes that he's made in his books. You remember even the chapter titles because how many of you know when you're a big fan, you do stuff like that, right? I did stuff like that. Okay, I just used me. I, you guys did. I, and, and so you know everything that there is to know about Bob. And so you get to a place in your life where it's gone from being a fan to being a little scary, right? You're like a predator now. And let's say you go to Bob's house. Let's say you jump the back fence because you see Bob sitting by the pool and you just want to meet Bob. And you walk up to Bob and, hi, Bob, my name is Phil. I'm just so excited to meet you. Did you jump over the fence? Man, I'm just so excited to meet you. It's such an honor. Hey, security, and here comes security. Bob, man, I'm your biggest fan. Yeah, I can tell. And, man, I've seen all of your movies. I've read all of your books. And Bob's saying, security, okay. And now security has my hands behind my back. I said, but wait a minute, Bob. Wait a minute. Man, I promoted your movies to all of my friends in your name as they're carrying me away. No, wait a minute, Bob. Bob, I was your biggest fan. When people were going to abandon you and stop being your fan, I turned them around in your name as you're being hauled off. No, wait a minute, Bob. Bob, you don't understand. I I preached for you in Jesus' name. There's a problem. You know about Bob, but you don't know him. So 
Some people know a lot about God, but they don't know him. Wait, we just read, cast out devils in his name. That's a person that's spent some time in prayer. That's a person that has spent some time in the word of God. That's a person that has some ability, but, but do they know him? A lot of people have memorized scriptures. And, and man, memorizing scripture is amazing. I've memorized a lot of scripture myself. But you know what? I've memorized a lot of things that Nicole says too. But that's not why, how I know her. You know, there's, there's levels of relationship, and I'm not going to talk about all the different levels of relationship, but let's just think of, consider two. You have the very close relationship. You have the intimate relationship. That's a very close friend. That's the kind of relationship I have with Nicole. We, we, are, we are intimate friends. She knows everything about me. It's, a, it's scary a lot of the times because she reads my mind. She knows, but it works in reverse sometimes, doesn't it? Does it? Oh, good. Good. Sometimes it does. Not, all, not as often as the other way. You know, but then you have, I'm not going to talk about all the other levels, but let's talk about this level, the level of relationship that's more like an association, a classmate. You know about them. You know them from a distance, but you don't know them. And so I'm here this morning to to talk to you a little bit just about getting to know our Father. Because you can turn religious on this deal and never know him. Because this whole Christianity is about relationship. It's not about theology. It's not about just knowing books of the Bible, memorizing things that Jesus said. It's about knowing him. Are you guys ready? Wow. Wow. Okay. You say, how can you say that about God? How is it possible to know about him but not know him? Here's how. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 says this. Knowledge puffs up. But love edifies. They're different. Knowledge puffs up. Why? Because I know. I like it when I know stuff. I like it when I know more than my wife does. Because usually that's reverse. She knows a lot more than I do about a subject. And so sometimes I kind of felt like that guy in National Treasure. Who was Riley? The guy. And he said, oh, is this what this feels like? You know, when you know stuff all the time, you know. That's kind of what I feel like with Nicole sometimes. But how do we know that we know him? Let's talk about that for a minute. How do you know that you know him? Here's how. It's when somebody betrays you, you don't call somebody else and tell them all about it because you've laid that life down. You know that you know him by the way that you love other people. You say, Phil, show me that in the Word. Okay, I'm glad you asked. Turn over to 1 John. 1 John. Do you remember a song years ago that it used to end with 1 John 4, 7 and 8? Okay, I'm all. Oh, good. All right, thank you. 
Wow. Sometimes you don't respond, and I just think, well, I guess that was me. <laughs> First John, well, we're going to read this scripture, so try not to sing it in your mind now that I've messed that up for you. First John 4. Look at verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Oh. Let me read that again. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who, is, who loves is born of God and knows God. The person that loves knows God. He who does not love does not know God. What? He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Man. Well, Phil, how, how do I love? Let's look at an example of love. Last night, I was online, and I had to go back, and I had to listen to, to uh, uh, Keith Green sing The Sheep and the Goats. How many of you remember that song, The Sheep and the Goats, Keith Green? All right. Well, in Matthew chapter 25, it's, it's that verse verbatim. Jesus talked about this. And he said, when the Son of Man comes and all of the holy angels with him. Now, this is the, at the end of time. And, and he'll separate the sheep from the goats. The sheep he'll place on his right, the goats, oh, well, that's your right, on his right and the goats on his left. And he'll turn to the sheep and he'll say, come, blessed of, of my father, and inherit the kingdom of heaven because I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was sick and in prison, and you came, and you visited me. He said, enter into your rest. But he said, then he'll turn to the goats, and he'll say to the goats, depart from me. I never knew you because I was hungry. You gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was naked, and you didn't clothe me. You left me out in the cold. I was a stranger, and I knocked at your door, but you didn't invite me in. I was sick and in prison, and I rotted there. He said, depart from me. Man, I can't think of a more practical way for God to show us how to love other people than that, that scripture right there. Man, it's the way that we treat other people, because the most important thing on this planet is not your business. The most important thing on this planet is not your career. The most important thing on this planet is not your immediate family. The most important thing on this planet is everybody that you see sitting right here as you look around this room. It's people. It's people. Everything that God did, He did for people. Aren't you thankful? Look at your neighbor, say, I'm glad I'm a person. Glad I'm a people. Man, John 17, 3, we read it earlier. This is eternal life that we know him, the only true God. But let me tell you what we've turned eternal life into. We have turned it into a prayer that we pray instead of a transformation that happens in our life. There's a cost to salvation. There really is. We've turned it into a prayer that people come to the altar and they pray. And they say, Lord, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. How many of you know that's important? But that's not transformation. Transformation is what God does on the inside of you because you've made a quality decision to follow him. And you've surrendered your life. See, it's a, it's a death that happens. 
You know, a seed cannot produce until it goes into the ground and it dies, right? Well, I remember, I remember when my grandparents, my mom, who's not here, she's having a healing day today. God's doing a work in her body, and it's good. I'm telling you, it's going to turn out amazing. But she, she grew up in this house all of her life. It was the same house that I went and visited as a kid. I remember my grandma giving me a bath in those little tubs outside the back door with the scrub man. Okay, thank you, Jesus, you've been redeemed. But that house sat on that property for 150 years. And I remember when they auctioned it off, and there was a young couple that bought the house, and they came and they put piers in it, and they moved it. Put the beams in it, and they picked it up, threw it on a truck, and took the house down the road and, and put it somewhere else. And when the sun hit that ground that had laid dormant for 150 years, the seed of sunflowers of Kansas in that ground, all of a sudden, that ground was prime for those flowers to rise up and produce. And those flowers got taller than I am. And these massive sunflower, Kansas sunflowers came out because the seed grew. Man, let me tell you, the seed that I'm sowing in you this morning of knowing him is going to produce in your life. Because let me tell you, coming to church is not knowing him. Serving on a team is not knowing him. Wow. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Thank you, God. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not lost. I'm really not. I'm just being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. I'm just so grateful, God. See, I can't become, I can't know God and not become like him. Man, and my goal is not to have my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. My goal is to become more like him in this life so that he can use me to reach other people. And I mean that as in that's not, that, you know, if, if that's all I want, that's a, it's a selfish goal. I don't just want to make it to heaven. I want to take everybody with me. You think, think about a person, because, you know, we've done a lot of outreach, and so we, we've given a, lot, given a lot of stuff away, given food away, given food, clothes, furniture, household items away. We've given cars away, you know, and all that stuff's good. But, you know, I'm surprised at people sometimes, and they're like, you know, I don't need, I don't need to be that blessed. I don't need to make that much money, you know. I just need enough to take care of my, my wife and my family. Well, you know what that is? That's a really selfish statement. Because I can't do, I can't help other people if all I have is enough to take care of just me. I can't bless other people. If this church didn't get, have capability, we wouldn't be able to help that young woman that I asked you to help today. Man, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Deny yourself, take up your cross, follow him. What is taking up your cross? Then that means that, <clears throat> that means that you never let sin against you produce sin in you. Let's say somebody gets mad at you at work. Let me, let me say it this way. I don't have a right to get mad at my boss because of something that he did and then go and tell all, several coworkers about it and then go home and yell at my wife and my kids. That's not living 
the love life. That's not walking in love. If I get mad because somebody walks in front of the TV at the climax of the sporting event, my priorities are mixed up. I'm not walking in love. God has called us to love. Mark 12, 30, 30 and 31 says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But then it says, love your neighbor as yourself. Remember Peter? Peter went on to say, Lord, who's my neighbor? Are they breathing? There you go. It's your neighbor. Are they breathing? I remember, I remember uh, how many of you remember uh, Kathy Truett? He's the, he was the one, the founder of Chick-fil-A. And he was asked, I read his, I read his book, um, and one of his books that he came out with, Eat More Chicken. And so, as I was, yeah. and so I was reading this book, but he made a very powerful statement in there. At the very beginning of the book, one of the sta- he has a lot of quotes that he's famous for, but this one was, was one of his biggest ones. It was in the front of this book, and that was this. How many of you know, how many of you, the statement was this. Let me get it right, Lord. How do you know that someone needs encouragement? Are they breathing? Are they breathing? <sighs> wow. Man, also taking up my cross. I'm going to ask the keys to come. Taking up my cross is not repaying evil with evil. When we lived in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, we owned a home. And we lived in a small uh, neighborhood. It was only 60 houses in this neighborhood. And Nicole and I were outside all the time. And so we knew all, most of our neighbors because we were all through that neighborhood. Plus, our kids were smaller at the time. And they were running all around, you know. And you would get to know people that didn't intend to get to know you originally, you know, when you have kids and pets. And it was cool. And so we had this intimate uh, intimate neighborhood. And so there was a new family that there was this new single mom that moved to the neighborhood and her boyfriend lived with her. And so, you know, they moved in. And so we greeted them and we became friends with them. And, and she let, would let her daughter, because Becca was about the same age, go to church with us. So she would come to church and man, it was, it was just awesome. You know what God was doing. Well, she found out about all the giveaways that we would do because we would give away food, clothes, furniture, and household items into low income, lower income housing or government subsidized housing apartments that we would go and reach out to. And so she wanted to donate her couch. Well, she had this really nice leather couch, but the couch had, a few, had some cat scratches on it because she had cats. And we're not cat people, we're more dog people, but cats are cool, okay? Cats, if you like cats, more power to you. I'm rooting for you. And so, so we took this couch, and as we're taking this couch out of our house, Nicole just asks, hey, have you ever looked into ways that you can repair the cat scratches on the couch? Well, the woman, when she said it, took offense. And we were like, all of a sudden, she was, she was very offended that, we, that Nicole asked that. And I thought, man, that's odd. And so, so days went on and she would no longer wave at us. She would no longer smile. We would smile and wave and she'd just... One time, her and her boyfriend were walking. I was in my garage and I said, hey guys. And they turned and looked at me with the look like, when are you gonna get it? Yeah, and I was going, Lord, what did we do? And it was it was. It was difficult. 
It's difficult on your flesh when persecution comes. But guess what? Persecution is just an opportunity to love people. Come on, just like Jack, Zach, Jack, sorry. Zach loved the protester at, at, that was protesting I had a very bad time on Mexico Independence Day is not a good time to protest, you know, but they were protesting the man and because Zach just loved the guy and didn't get offended that the fact that he had a right to protest the guy because he just kept the conversation going. He realized, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Threw his sign down and left. Man. And so Nicole and I were trying to think of, wait, it went further. She began to talk to our neighbors about us. Yeah, and our neighbors would come to us and say, do you know what this woman's saying about you guys? We said, yeah, we we offended her, and we're sorry that we did. And they said, well, we told them that's not you guys. You guys didn't mean that that way, anything derogatory by that statement, you know? And we said, well, thank you, but, you know, we're we're praying for her, and we know God's going to work it out. Well, a day came, and Home Depot donated all of these flats of perennials. What were they? Uh, Pansies? They were pansies. I mean, trays of them. And we got enough to give one tray to every house in our neighborhood. And so we blessed every house. So we're taking them around, putting a tray on this driveway, putting a tray on this driveway, and then we get to hers. Yes. Why? Because my Bible says that when you're nice to somebody who's mean to you it's, and you do something nice for them, it's like you're, putting, you're pouring hot coals into their lap. Now, I'm hoping I don't hurt. <laughs> I wasn't hurting her, but, and, and this isn't a, a revenge opportunity, guys. Come on. This isn't, but that's what it feels like to them because you're responding in love because you are overcoming evil with love and you're doing that for them. It feels like, oh man. I wish I hadn't have done that to them. I believe some of you right now may be even thinking about a situation that you need to respond in love. Someone has lashed out in hate, in anger towards you, and this is an opportunity for you to lash back with the love of Jesus. Man, it's your opportunity to overcome evil with good. And do you know, when we did that, when we left that tray, in fact, they called Nicole the, what, the pansy fairy? Yeah, because we did it before everybody woke up. And so everybody woke up to pan, trays of pansies in their, in, their, in their driveway. And so everybody was planting them. They're putting them in their yard, you know? And that woman comes out and she sees everybody has a tray. And she had a tray. She begins to ask around, hey, who, who gave the, the trays of pansies? Who gave the trays of pansies? And, oh, Phil and Nicole. Why would they give me a tray? Because that's what love does. Love gives to you when you don't, especially when you don't deserve it. That's what Jesus did. Let me tell you, I didn't deserve anything that Jesus gave me. Oh, but he loved me anyway. Even when I was unlovable. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. 
just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.